Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 228. have a really interesting conversation for you today about team construction and the role that parents and families' financial situation has in how you put your teams together and if it should or should not. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And again, make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to help support the podcast and save that additional 20% on an already great product. Also, if you want to support the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. I want to say thank you very much to the patrons we already have on board. We would love to see some more people join in. You go to the patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. It will take you through the steps. Coach Don and I really do appreciate it. We've got a lot of stuff in the hopper right now. Hopefully we'll be making an announcement or two here in the next couple of weeks. We have a new company coming on board that's going to be doing some giveaways and things specifically for our patrons that I think everybody's going to be really excited about. So, Don, we're going to talk a little travel ball reality here because we know that the range of expense and the range of cost across what you can choose to do and not choose to do in the travel ball world is pretty much as widespread as in any possible discussion you could possibly have. There are teams that are relatively inexpensive and and don't cost families very much money at all. There's other teams that are extremely expensive and and you know whether it's dues or travel or trips or camps or whatever it might be that are extremely expensive. And as you're putting your program together, as you're putting a team together, what's the role in and how much concern should you be having or thought, how much time should you spend thinking about whether or not what you want to do with your team matches up with what people on your team can really afford to do? It's kind of a sticky question because you know whenever we start to talk about you know what people make or how much they're willing to spend or you know how they choose to spend the money it's very they have personal thing. is a very personal thing. Yeah. And we had a discussion on everything fast pitch several months ago. Now that a dad who had gone through the uh, travel ball wars with one daughter and had a second daughter that didn't do travel ball at all, just played rec and and played a little bit of high school. Both ended up you know many years later. One was a very successful business person and having a great life outside of softball, and the other one you know maybe not quite so much, but that he did sort of an accounting of how much they had spent from daughter A with all the travel, all the expenses, all the time off. He had a really in-depth study of their situation. And the numbers that were attached to what they had spent and what they had sacrificed was kind of jaw-dropping. Didn't match up? Yeah, well, no, it was, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars for a daughter to, you know, to play college softball, basically, is what they had spent all that money for. And the daughter that had played college softball was less successful of the two in the real world afterwards because the other one's experiences left her in a stronger financial situation. But anyhow, 
But so we know that you can spend a ton of money on this sport. So the first question is from a coach prep perspective, when you're putting your team together, is it something you should be paying attention to? Should you be thinking about what can my people really afford as we're assembling, as the, we're team? assembling the team and, and as you're assembling like your schedule for the team once you've assembled it? So let's say you're putting together a team and in your mind, you're putting together a team that's going to go all over the country. You're going to play you know, in California, Colorado, Florida, Texas, wherever the big tournaments are, wherever the, the, you know, the best teams are playing, you're going there to play. And you've got the kind of reputation as a team and as a coach that you can put together players that have that ability. So that's one end of the spectrum. When you're putting that team together, should it be something then that you're also going to be aware of that what that really costs and can everybody really afford to do it? No, I think that's a really big question, Tori. And again, as you're assembling that team, you can find the athletes that are going to be, you know, fit all those pieces, but are the families going to be comfortable with all those expenditures obviously is a big part of it. I've seen many situations where, you know, we've had players that may not have had the opportunity to be a part of those teams you know, having others that are involved in the team able to help out, to bring them on board and to, you know, help in some of those choices, but that's not always the case. Right. Again, I think it's an important part both on both ends from the coaching standpoint and from the potential player to be picked or, or you know, trying out for those groups that we're all aware of what's going to be expected and, and going into it because... Right. Again, just like you said, it can be an astronomical number to make two or three or more of those trips every summer just to play that top competition from other states and to, you know, continue that reputation that we've developed as an organization or as a group. And uh, it can be stressful and taxful on, uh, you know, on a family for sure to want to be a part of that, but maybe not be comfortable committing to it. Right. Well, so. I think from a coach's perspective, the, the first part of the argument is you get to decide what kind of team you want to coach. And if you want to coach that team, that's going to be really expensive, then that's your choice. But you also then have to make sure that you're being really upfront and honest and direct with everybody involved with the team, you know, that this is what it's going to cost and this is what it's going to take. And, you know, this is the kind of commitment that it takes to be on this team. So there's no mysteries, there's no surprises. And then honestly, from a coach's perspective, I don't think it's really your job to try to decide for a player or their family what they should be willing to commit to or what they're willing to sacrifice or how much debt they're willing to take on to make it work. If you lay out a schedule and say, okay, we're going to play this schedule and let's just say it's going to cost $100,000 for you and your daughter to play it. And if you sign on for it, that's what you're paying. That's that's it, You know, period. You know, by the time you get done with all these different things that we're going to do, it's what it's going to cost. And then if everybody's on board with it, they say, yes, we can do it. It's not your job to look at it and say, okay, but I know you only make $24,000 a year. What are you doing signing up for this team that's going to cost you four times what you make? It's not your position to try to judge whether or not that family should be on your team or not. It's up to you to be honest about what it's going to take. And then if they choose to take on that responsibility, then you have to hope that they're doing it with a clear conscience and, you know, having thought it through enough that they're not, you know, bankrupting their entire future just for, sure. for a year of softball. It's just tough. I mean, that's just a tough part of it for sure. Right. Well, because part of it too, is from a parent's perspective, you never want to feel like you're holding your kid back or keeping right. your kid from doing something. And, 
I think the the worst feeling in the we world. We all make those sacrifices through our lives right. with our kids, and, yeah. and and the and the worst feeling in the world would be like you know you know my kid could have done whatever it is, but I couldn't afford to do it. I couldn't make it work financially, and I think that that's one of those things that you feel as a parent. But your story at the beginning kind of right that, that you're kind of a failure. So, yeah. but again, uh, you know, I think from a coach's perspective, put together the schedule, put together the team the way you want to play it, and then if people sign on, if they agree to do it then you have to assume that they've thought it through. It's not your job to be their conscience about how they're going to spend their money because I don't think that's probably a, a, an area our, that anybody really wants yeah. to venture into. Well, and the other thing, too, um, you know, from a coach's perspective, if you lay out what it's going to cost, you've got to do everything you can to make sure that you stay within those guidelines because we all know what's more likely to happen. Let's say we're having a pretty good year and we figure out, well, you know, we could go to one more national championship at the end of the year. We got a chance to... You know, we can win PGF and the Alliance and the Bobby Sox and the you know, Junior Olympic and the... Because we, we're, we that, could, we're yeah, that good. We, we could yeah. be the only team that's ever won four national championships all in one year. thought we, we were only going to one. Tori. Right. So, yeah. uh, so all of a sudden we start, you know, sneaking up on additional expenses on down the road. And so from a coach's perspective, you know, again, I think we've got to make sure that we're laying out exactly what it's really going to be. And we can't have the, because this is what I see all the time, well, we took a vote. We got together and talked about it and decided that we were going to add one more tournament. You know, many, many years ago when I was still coaching at Parkside, I helped with a team, kind of, you know, went to some practices and stuff like that. And I can remember very specifically, this is a really talented, like 14 and under team. And at the last practice before the national tournament, when they were, they were scheduled to go to one national tournament, the coach came to practice, was super excited because they had found out that they had qualified for another national championship. And I couldn't tell you now off the top of my Big head what they were, but yeah. it was you know, like they were going to the AFA and now they qualified for the ASA. A prestigious. Right, something that yeah. was like a, a step above what they had been planning for. And I can remember that coach saying, well... You know, this is something new we weren't, you know, weren't planning on doing, but this is the most amazing opportunity. You're never going to have another chance like this again. This is the coolest, most amazing thing ever. And we really should do it, but I'm not going to tell you we have to do it. So let's take a vote. Right. Well, how, how do you think that's going to go? All the kids want to go. If it's not a hundred percent, then yeah. it should be a, yeah, all the kids yeah. want to go and, and all, you know, and four or five of the parents are like, huh, oh, no big deal. I can afford it. And then four or five other parents are like, I don't know if I can make it work, but I'm going to say yes because... I don't want to say no. I can't say no and, and disappoint my daughter, right? And so what ended up happening with that team, there was one family that ultimately couldn't afford the second national tournament. And one of the more well-to-do families basically adopted the girl and took her with them so that she could still go and paid for all her expenses, you know, and she you know, stayed with their family and... You know, they paid for her meals and all that stuff. Um, I think they bought her an airline ticket, if I don't, if I remember correctly. So it was like a pretty substantial give from that one family. But, you know, of course, they were in a position where they could afford to do it. But that's, you know, again, part of this equation, because on every team, if you've got 12 kids on your team, one third of them are really financially well off. They're successful business people. They probably got, you know, you know enough money to do whatever they want to do. And then the middle group, they're doing good. They can afford it, but they can't really afford to go much beyond the what, what the plan is. Mm -hmm. And then the bottom third is going to always be the people that are scraping by. And, and I tell this story. A couple of years ago, there was a girl I was working with 
that was on a really talented team. And she would come for her lesson. And I've always felt a little bit guilty because there were some weeks that I honestly felt like her mom was out there, like looking in the car cushions for a few more dollars sure. just to make sure she could afford to pay for her, her hitting lesson Session. that week. Yeah. And they were doing that, you know, in every area of her softball career to make sure that she could go, you know, to all the tournaments and all the stuff that her team was doing. But so, because we know the, the spectrum's going to be across those lines, that some people it's no big deal, some people it's okay, and some people it's a really big challenge, that if we throw it up for a vote, we're really putting people in a tough position. So No um, doubt. So I yeah. think it's something that we have to settle on, agree on, and, and live with, because if we keep adding, keep changing keep adjusting and all those adjustments end up being more expensive and costing more money, I think we're doing a disservice to some of the players on our team. So if we cancel a tournament that's local and then say, well, we're going to go next weekend, but we're going to have to stay out of town to go to that tournament, that could put a lot of people in right. in a pinch. Yeah, because you go from a, a tournament, let's say that uh, you can stay at the house, you can have breakfast in, at your house in the morning, you can probably eat dinner at home at night, you can snap, you know, pack some sandwiches and stuff and have lunch at the yep. ballpark and, and cut down a little bit on all the expenses that way versus the... Next week, we got rained out, so we're going to go next weekend. Yeah. And, and especially when we start adding in long-distance trips. So the idea, coaches, of, you know, it's not your job to tell people how to spend their money, but it is your job to be aware of the fact that every decision you make is going to affect them. You know, the other thing about it that I think is, you know, kind of coming back to the three groups we talked about, the last team I really was involved with helping coach, we were uh, in Oklahoma City, as a matter of fact, playing. That was going to be one of our big trips that year. That was like you know one of the, the, special, the getaway. special getaway things yep. for the team. It was a very good team. But again, looking back at it, kind of the same breakdown that we just talked about you know for a third of the people money was no object for a third of the people that was comfortable but you know but it was something they thought about and for a third of the people it was really uncomfortable they really had to scratch and and claw yep. to make it work and so while we were there in Oklahoma City one of the families decided one of the parents decided that they thought it'd be a great idea to go to this really nice restaurant to take the coaches out as a thank you dinner and it was one of those places that I would never in a million years go to on my own because right. you know the everything was so expensive that to me it just Didn't a steak sense. is a steak and yep. whether it's at Longhorn for $15 or at this place for $115 I didn't appreciate the difference enough that I would spend that much money for it, but that's the restaurant that they chose. You know, I was really appreciative, excited. It was nice, you know, to know we were going to get to go to this really nice restaurant. I really appreciated them, you know, wanting to, you know, treat us as a thank you for what we had done. And we got there and we had a table for, I don't know, 40 people, like a, you know, big group. like for the big group, three of the families, the parents were both there and their siblings. And three of the families, just the parents were there. And five or six of the families, nobody was there at all. So the table was half full. And that's when it hit me. So what ended up happening was, for a lot of the families, they couldn't afford to go to the restaurant that they were taking us to for dinner. It divided our yeah. group. Yeah, they, they yeah. kicked in you know the whatever to pay for our dinner. But I felt bad then about them paying for my dinner because it put them in a position where they couldn't be at the dinner that was there for us to celebrate us all being happy working together. Right. And so the whole thing was because a couple of people that the money was no object that thought, well, we're going to show these coaches how much we appreciate them. We're taking them to the, you know, the nicest steakhouse in Oklahoma City. Seriously, like the steak I ordered was like $125. Right. I mean, it was like 
and and it was i mean it was, it was good. a steak it, it was good but it was yeah. a steak yeah i mean i i've grilled just as good a steak at my house in my lifetime and i really appreciated the thought but in hindsight i really wish we had gone to longhorn no doubt you know so that everybody could have gone but again so again the team dynamics that we're talking about in that world we have to always kind of keep that kind of stuff in mind and again it's not for you as the coach to say well no i really don't want you to be nice to me i don't want you to you know to to say thank you and let's go to mcdonald's instead of johnny's shishi steakhouse this is a good conversation for everybody and it's but it's kind of yeah. the the moral to the story about why this is something that from a coach's perspective we've got to do everything we can to lay it out for everybody involved that this is what it's really going to cost and to try to make it as consistent and, Stick to. and st- in concrete as we possibly can. And I know coaches, stuff happens, stuff changes, but every once in a while, I think we, we lose sight of the fact that the decisions we make thinking that they're good for the team really are not good for the whole team. Be mindful. Yeah. Right. And if it's not really good for the whole team, you know, then, you know, some of this other stuff we talked about, you know, last week we talked about team bonding and team building activities. Well, if something that should be a team bonding activity ends up being a team dividing event, event. because yeah. half the families can't afford to do it, well, then what have we accomplished, right? It, <laughs> it takes two of our team bonding outings right. off it, the it, table. It, it, it yeah. probably destroyed the, the benefit we get, had yeah. from the other good stuff that we did to build them back up. And so, you know, the whole idea of when you're putting your team together, put your team together put your budget together and stick with it. Or if you're going to do something that's going to cost more money, you need to figure out a way that you're going to pay for it. Fundraising. Right. Whether it's fundraising or a sponsor or something else. When we start talking about things like dinners and thank yous and banquets and stuff like that, let's just make sure that, you know, that those kinds of things were thought through in the planning for what it's going to cost us up front instead of the surprise expenses on down the road, because no, nobody's ever going to try to say no. But we, we got to make sure that we don't put them in a position where they have to decide, well, we can play softball or I can pay my mortgage. Yeah. The hug and a smile is, is something I remember. Yeah. Right. So hopefully that gives you something to think about as we wrap up number 228, please make sure you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company and patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Become a patron if you can. Please go to our fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs there. They're $49.95 a dozen. Also have access to the YouTube channel and the blog posts. Please make sure you reach out to us with questions, comments, ideas, thoughts, and uh, for everything Fast Pitch Player of the Week nominations at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.